Chapter Twelve of the Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Stoneface telleth concerning the Woodwhites. Early on the morrow, Goldmane arose and clad himself and went out a doors and over the trodden snow on to the bridge over the weltering water, and there betook himself into one of the coins of safety built over the upstream piles. There he leaned against the wall and turned his face to the thorpe and fell to pondering on his case. And first he thought about his oath and how that he had sworn to wed the mountain woman, although his kindred and her kindred should gainsay him, yea, and herself also. Great seemed that oath to him, yet at the moment he wished he had made it greater and made all the kindred, yea, and the bride herself, sure of the meaning of the words of it, and he deemed himself a dastard that he had not done so. Then he looked round him and beheld the winter, and he fell into mere longing that the spring were come, and the token from the mountain. Things seemed too hard for him to deal with, and he between a mighty folk and two wayward women, and he went nigh to wish that he had taken his father's offer and gone down to the cities, and even had he met his bane, well were that and as young folk will he set to work making a picture of his deeds there had he been there he showed himself the stricken fight in the plain and the press and the struggle and the breaking of the serried band and himself amidst the ring of foemen doing most valiantly and falling there at last his shield o'er heavy with the weight of foemen's spears for a man to uphold it then the victory of his folk and the lamentation and praise over the slain man of the mountain dales, and the burial of the valiant warrior, the praising, weeping folk meeting him at the city gate, laid stark and cold in his arms on the gold-hung, garlanded bier. There ended his dream, and he laughed aloud and said, I am a fool. All this were good and sweet if I should see it myself, and forsooth that is how I am thinking of it, as if I still alive should see myself dead and famous. Then he turned a little, and looked at the houses of the thorpe, lying dark about the snowy ways, under the starlit heavens of the winter morning. Dark they were indeed, and grey, save where here and there the half-burned yule-fire reddened the windows of a hall, or where, as in one place, the candle of some early waker shone white in a chamber-window. There was scarce a man astir, he deemed, and no sound reached him save the crowing of the cocks muffled by their houses, and a faint sound of beasts in the byres. Thus he stood a while, his thoughts wandering now, till presently he heard footsteps coming his way down the street, and turned toward them, and lo, it was the old man Stoneface. He had seen Goldmane go out, and had risen and followed him, that he might talk with him apart. Goldmane greeted him kindly, though, sooth to say, he was but half content to see him, since he doubted, what was verily the case, that his foster-father would give him many words, counselling him to refrain from going to the wood. And this was loathsome to him, but he spake and said, Meseems, father, that the eastern sky is brightening toward dawn. Yea, quoth Stoneface. It will be light in an hour, said Face of God. Even so, said Stoneface, and a fair day for the morrow of Yule, 
said the swain. Yea, said Stoneface, and what wilt thou do with the fair day? Wilt thou to the wood? Maybe, father, said Goldmane. Hallface and some of the swains are talking of elks up the fells, which may be trapped in the drifts, and if they go a-hunting them, I may go in their company. Ah, son, quoth Stoneface, thou wilt look to see other kind of beasts than elks. Things may ye fall in with there, who may not be impounded in the snow like to elks, but can go lightfoot on the top of the soft drift from one place to another. Said Goldmane, Father, fear me not. I shall either refrain me from the wood, or if I go, I shall go to hunt the wood-deer with the other hunters. But since thou hast come to me, tell me more about the wood, for thy tales thereof are fair. Yea, said Stoneface, fair tales of foul things, as oft it befalleth in the world. Hearken now, if thou deemest that what thou seekest shall come readier to thy hand, because of the winter and the snow, thou errest. For the whites that waylay the bodies and souls of the mighty in the wildwood heed such matters nothing. Yea, and at Yuletide are they most abroad, and most armed for the fray. Even such an one have I seen time agone, when the snow was deep, and the wind was rough, and it was in the likeness of a woman, clad in such raiment as the bride bore last night, and she trod in the snow, light-foot in thin raiment, where it would scarce bear the skids of a deft snow-runner. Even so, she stood before me, the icy wind blew her raiment round about her, and drifted the hair from her garlanded head toward me, and she as fair and fresh as in the midsummer days. Up the fell she fared, sweetest of all things to look on, and beckoned on me to follow, on me, the warrior, the stout heart, and I followed, and between us grief was born. But I it was that fostered that child, and not she. Always when she would be, was she merry and lovely, and even so is she now, for she is one of those that be long-lived, and I wot that thou hast seen even such a one. Tell me more of thy tales, foster-father, said Goldmane, and fear not for me. Ah, son, he said, mayst thou have no such tales to tell to those that shall be young when thou art old. Yet hearken, we sat in the hall together, and there was no third and methought that the birds sang and the flowers bloomed, and sweet was their savour, though it was midwinter. A rose-wreath was on her head, grapes were on the board, and fair unwrinkled summer apples on the day that we feasted together. When was the feast? sayest thou. Long ago. What was the hall, thou sayest, wherein ye feasted? I know not if it were on the earth or under it, or if we rode the clouds that even but on the morrow what was there but the stark wood and the drift of the snow and the iron wind howling through the branches and a lonely man a wanderer rising from the ground a wanderer through the wood and up the fell and up the high mountain and up and up to the edges of the ice river and the green caves of the ice hills a wanderer in spring in summer autumn and winter with an empty heart and a burning never satisfied desire who hath seen in the uncouth places many an evil unmanly shape, many a foul hag and changing ugly semblance, who hath suffered hunger and thirst and wounding and fever, and hath seen many things, but hath never again seen that fair woman or that lovely feast-hall. All praise and honour to the house of the face, and the bounteous valiant men thereof, 
and the like praise and honour to the fair women whom they wed of the valiant and goodly house of the steer. Even so say I, quoth Goldmane calmly, but now wend we are back to the house, for it is morning indeed, and folk will be stirring there. So they turned from the bridge together, and Stoneface was kind and fatherly, and was telling his foster-son many wise things concerning the life of a chieftain, and the giving out of dooms, and the gathering for battle, to all of which talk, face of God seemed to hearken gladly, but indeed hearken not at all, for verily his eyes were beholding that snowy waste, and the fair woman upon it, even such an one as Stoneface had told of. End of chapter 12